season two, The Draft Zone, episode one, Rick and Morty today. I'm Connor Taylor. Along with me is Christian Allison. And I mean, it's been a long time since season one, but I'm excited for season two. We've got a new segment called Two Truths, One Lie and Higher Production, semi-higher production, I'll call it. And then uh, hopefully we're, we're better at podcasting at this point but i'm excited for season two what did you do on the off season connor that uh made the production much higher this season you know have you have you heard of master class i have not heard of master class okay well the the jokes already kind of thrown sideways then but <laughs> um i was gonna say it took a master class class but uh I don't even know if that's, if that's the right name, but there's, there's something, there's a masterclass thing that's out there that is basically you can be taught by professionals like a, uh, say, Justin Rowland. Um, I know Malcolm Gladwell does stuff on writing. You like spend some money and it's like 15 hours of them teaching you something. Someone, you might do something on comedy, something on drawing. So I was going to claim I did one on podcasting, but once you have to explain a joke, you know it didn't work. So we'll move on. Um, I guess other than that, I, I haven't I haven't done much. I didn't do a masterclass thing. I've just I've just put some think tank exercises into into thinking about what would make this podcast better. A lot of shower thoughts, and I, I came up with one new segment after five months. So apparently not enough thinking, but overall, good enough. Good good enough. But we, we, can, we can get rolling. We're doing Rick and Morty today, and it took me a while to get around to this series because I'm not a huge animated comedy guy overall. And like stuff like Family Guy and South Park, American Dad, I just, I just have never fallen in love with. But Christian, do you, do you like that stuff? Uh, I'm not a huge fan, like you said. Uh, I mean, I've seen a couple funny episodes of different animated comedies here and there, but like all in all, when I'm watching something, it's more likely going to be like a live action sitcom or something like that. I try to stay away from the animated stuff, but if it's something special like Rick and Morty or something like that, then I'll, I'll definitely be watching. It's weird because movies, I love animated movies and like something like Pixar, no, those aren't comedies, but I, I'm generally in love with any of those type of movies even though they're kids movies but once it gets to like adult animation with comedy i don't most of the time i i don't it doesn't pique my interest i've liked brickleberry in the past on netflix and then obviously i like rick and morty or we wouldn't be doing this podcast <laughs> but and then i like clone wars which isn't exactly in the same realm it's i feel like it's a lot of middle school people that like it and then people our age and then uh, four-year-old people but other than that is there is there anything that I guess Brick and Morty you're saying it's one that you only watch but I guess why is there like what's the reason you are into Rick and Morty not other stuff um I feel like it's just genuinely funnier than a lot of other uh comedy tv shows and it doesn't take itself too seriously which is like half the appeal like honestly the show feels like it's really like poorly <laughs> produced in a way but i feel like that's like purposefully like that 
like it's high quality produced, but at the same time, they're intentionally making it kind of bad, which is like 90% of the, the appeal for me. Um, and it's just really funny. I feel like the jokes actually like make me laugh and, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like as cheesy as like the Simpsons or family guy or something like that. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you on that. I think it's a lot funnier than something like the Simpsons and family guy. And even though those have mass, like huge followings, I, I mean, I can sit down and watch some episodes, but I just feel like it's like the same thing over and over again. And then I, something like Rick and Morty to me has like character growth overall, like Morty changes over time. You see Jerry change over time, even Rick changes somewhat. And I think that's what I kind of like is there is character development. Unlike something like family guy, I feel like you can pick up an episode in season one and see an episode and gosh, how many seasons are there? There's probably way too many, but a later season and you can see the same characters where when I was rewatching some Rick and Morty episodes these past two weeks. It's like, I went back and watched like some in season one, you know, interspersed throughout season four and stuff like that. And there's differences between the characters and how they react to stuff. And that's, that's what I really enjoy is like, because once you watch all the way through, you like sort of remember season one, but once you go back, you're like, man, Morty is like completely different in these scenarios. And like in season four, he'll, react completely different which i i just think is is really good writing i remember that the creator of rick and morty offered kanye west his own episode of rick and morty and i was waiting for that for like two years and they still haven't made it um but i think they did do like some artwork of it or uh something like that with like kanye in it and i just think that would be like one of the funniest things ever just like hearing kanye do voice acting in a rick and morty episode is just like the most rick and morty thing to ever happen yeah i i think that would be great and i i believe when i was reading earlier today that rick and morty is i think like 70 episodes were i guess not renewed but i guess we can use the word renewed uh to be going forth into later seasons that was in like 2018 and then season four came out pretty recently as of this recording i mean 70 episodes i know it's down to 60 now after like season four but that is that's a lot of more episodes that are supposedly booked in the future that's i mean that's six more seasons we're getting to like 10 seasons do you think you can stand like a 10 season arc of rick and morty you think you'll be bored by by then honestly it just depends on the writing low key. And I feel like Rick and Morty in general is just a show that it's not like a show that I really, uh, I wouldn't say pay much attention to, but you know, it's not one of my, like one of my favorite series of all time or anything like that. So I feel like I could uh, keep up with all those seasons coming out because honestly with Rick and Morty, it's more like, uh, you know, I don't get super excited or like hyped up for like a season to drop or something. But when it comes out, I'm definitely going to watch it. Uh, but I don't hype it up or anything like that. And it's kind of funny because do you remember like when Rick and Morty was like almost canceled because like the creator was like going through like alcoholism and stuff? Yeah, that's, I, I, Dan Harmon is definitely an interesting guy. He kind of had issues on community as well. One of my favorite shows but he, he's a great creator. And then Justin Rowland, I mean, great voice actor, great creator as well. 
But I, I hope we get continuous more. If we continue to see great writing, like I believe they're having great writing right now, I mean, I, I'm fine with it. And it's not like they drop seasons every single year, so it's kind of weird. I mean, it would be around in pop culture for, I mean, a long time. <laughs> yeah, it, take, it takes a long time for those seasons to come out low-key. Like, I'm looking at it right now. It took, it's like two, almost three years between each season. Yeah, it's it's insane. I just, I mean, that's, what's the likelihood that it's still popular in like 10 years? <laughs> I don't know. It's been out since 2013, which initially I only, I saw the show, I think for the first time when I was like a junior in high school. So that would have been like 2016, 2017. Um, so the show had already been out for three years. And I think it, honestly, I think Rick and Morty popularity probably hit its peak somewhere around like two years ago when like uh, the Pickle Rick episode came out in season three and things like that. I think it still has a cult following, but I don't know if it'll ever get up to like the Twitter popularity and like just the, the social media atmosphere it was at in like 2018 or about, about that time. Cause I remember like literally everybody, like if you were talking about TV, they'd bring up Rick and Morty like two years ago. Yeah, I, I think it's a difficult thing to stay in, in pop culture that long, especially when they take such long of breaks. And the, the seasons aren't very long, which I like. Personally, I'd rather get 10 quality episodes instead of a 20-run episode season, which generally those are the uh, TV shows I, I dislike and uh, throw a lot of hate towards, even though those are popular in, in the culture. Well, you mentioned Pickle Rick being a very good episode. And I thought we could just jump in to our so-called best episodes. It's not a definite list. It's, it's due to change, especially with continuous seasons supposedly coming whenever those happen. But I mean, Pickle Rick was actually the one I wrote down first. And I just think it's an hilarious episode. I mean, just Rick's excitement for when Morty sees it. He's like, I'm a pickle. Flip the pickle, Morty. You're not going to regret it. The payoff is huge. I turned myself into a pickle, Morty. Boom. Big reveal. I'm a pickle. What do you think about that? I turned myself into a pickle. What are you just staring at me for, bro? I turned myself into a pickle, Morty. And? And? What more do you want tacked onto this? I turned myself into a pickle and 9-11 was an inside job? Was it? Who cares, Morty? Global acts of terrorism happen every day. Uh, Here's something that's never happened before. I'm a pickle. I'm Pickle Rick! And that's just like such a funny thing. And then like how just the, the craziness of it, him finding a way, you, you like see so many ways how Rick is a genius throughout this episode and finding his way out of that mansion where he's sort of captured in and like killing people, like real life humans as a pickle is, is enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I agree with that. I love that episode. And I think, like I said, that was probably like the peak of the show. Um, but one of my favorite episodes is the Morty Night Run. It's, uh, it's the one where Rick and Morty go to, um, go to sell an antimatter gun to an alien assassin. And it's like where they're in the arcade and uh, Rick and Morty, they both play this game called Roy, A Life Well Lived, where they like <laughs> go into like this VR simulator and like they literally live out like their whole life until they're like an old man. And that that bit was just really funny 
and then they have like a whole like killer fart cloud plot going on in that episode and it's just like all types of craziness and like it's just pretty funny so that's probably one of my favorite episodes i i do like that episode a lot and the next one i had up was the rick shank redemption and i think it just has some of the most quotable lines i i don't know if i don't know if i want to say quotable i personally this might be a hot take but i don't find humor someone's humor in quoting stuff from tv shows and movies isn't that funny to me because it's kind of i don't i just think like repeating someone else's funny line in a in a, in a moment, is it the funniest thing? So I'm not a big, I'm not a big quote guy from movies and TV shows, but one of the funniest quotes from it is uh, obviously Rick is, is captured by uh, the Galactic Federation or whatever they're called. And they're, they're trying to get his formula for Rick's portal gun. Like so funny. Cause he takes him down this, this fake origin story path. And there's, there's moments where, you can go and Dan Harmon and other creators are talking about it on a, on a YouTube video about you don't need an origin story to like a character a lot. And I think that's very true because once you learn their, their origin story, sometimes you, you know, the interest you have in that person and you know how they got to how, like how they became and those steps that took them there is sometimes make someone less interesting in a way when they're more uh, vague and you don't know everything around them. But back to the quote, him yelling, it's a trap, abort. I'm still in the Shonies, repeat. We never left the Shonies. It's such a funny line to me. Like, the fact, I, just like, the fact that he never left the Shonies and the weirdness of it's a trap and just the word Shonies in there to me just, just makes me laugh every single time I've watched the episode. I'll try to remember to shut off the brain analyzer. Actually, I think it shuts off automatically once your brain is liquid. Don't know, don't care. Pull me out. Hey, pull me out. Can you hear me? Nope, they cannot. Why not? Because the code you just uploaded wasn't actually my portal gun formula. It was a virus giving me full control over the brain analyzer. What are you talking about? This is a memory. You, you can't alter details of a memory. True, but you can alter anything you want about a totally fabricated origin story. It's a trap! Abort! I'm still in his Shonies! Repeat! We never left his Shonies! And then Rick's monologue at the end about Mulan Sauce and basically taking over the family and that his his arc is going to be finding that Szechuan Sauce. And if it takes him nine seasons, it's going to take him nine seasons is such a funny monologue by him at the end. Morty, and if you tell your mom or sister I said any of this, I'll deny it, and they'll take my side because I'm a hero, Morty. And now you're gonna have to go and do whatever I say, Morty, forever. And I'll, and I'll, I'll go out and I'll find some more of that Mulan Szechuan teriyaki dipping sauce, Morty. Because that's that's what this is all about, Morty. That's my one-armed man. I'm not driven by avenging my dead family, Morty. That was fake. I, I'm driven by finding that McNugget sauce. I want that Mulan McNugget sauce, Morty. That's my series arc. It takes nine seasons. I want my McNugget dipping sauce, Szechuan sauce, Morty. That's what's gonna it's gonna take us all the way to the about? end, Morty. Season nine more seasons, Morty. Nine more seasons until I get that dipping Szechuan sauce for 97 more years, Morty. I want about? that McNugget sauce, Morty. Yeah, I feel like that's like literally like I feel like I take back my uh, past statement with the pickle Rick and I feel like that was like the top of Rick and Morty because I literally remember like McDonald's releasing the Szechuan sauce. <laughs> 
for like Rick and Morty and like doing all that stuff. Do you remember that? Like they had that whole like Szechuan sauce campaign and like brought back like the Mulan sauce and McDonald's. Yeah, I forgot. I remember I wasn't a Rick and Morty fan at that point. And I just remember Rick and Morty fans like freaking out over something and like being mad at McDonald's. I don't remember what McDonald's did. If they, like, I actually like, tried it. Was it good? That was like the height of my Rick and Morty like fan being a fan of it. Um, because my roommate when I was a freshman in college uh, really got me into Rick and Morty. I think it was just because McDonald's didn't order enough of it. Okay. Like they each store only maybe had like a hundred sauces to give out on like that day. So like if you didn't show up like right when McDonald's opened, like you are getting that sauce. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, Travis Scott meal where people get pretty furious about it. If <laughs> they don't know. I don't know how a worker wouldn't know what they're talking about. It's literally everywhere, but I could see a Rick and Morty fan being quite uh, infuriated. I feel like the whole Szechuan sauce thing too is just like literally like the epitome of Rick and Morty because like who would even remember that? Like it's literally like from a 1998 like McDonald's toy like tie-in promotion with Mulan and like the Rick and Morty writers just like remembered that and just like were like Szechuan sauce and then it just got so popular on Twitter and people were like, McDonald's, bring back the Szechuan sauce. Eventually, they actually did it, which was, like, so random. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's – and just, like, how he's, like, he needs that Szechuan sh- sauce. And he's, like, yeah, I can only get it in my memory in the moment. It's just so funny. He's, like, we have to stop here. And he's, like, you know, he, like, Rick at that moment, you think he's dying, that you think they're going to get the formula from that he's actually telling the origin story. So, like, of course Rick would go do something completely outrageous, even though he's going to die soon. I, I do agree that that's probably close to the peak. I think choosing the peak for Rick and Morty is extremely difficult. And, you know, we have plenty of seasons left where there, there could be more peaks coming. I like the autoerotic assimilation episode. It's the one where, uh, like, Rick and Morty and Summer are, like, going through, like, just flying through space. And then they end up landing on this planet where like every person is the same person and controlled by this character named unity um, who Mm -hmm. Rick used to date. And it's just so funny because like, just like every person on the planet is technically like the same person and no one actually like has a mind of their own. Um, It's just funny just because uh, just the whole plot where Rick used to date this person and everything that goes along with that. So I think that was one of the funniest episodes for me. Yeah, I, I, I do like that episode a lot. I think when I was scrolling through, so I was going through Hulu for the one through uh, three seasons these past two weeks, and then season four, I, I used uh, YouTube TV to watch some of them. But one of my favorites is uh, Me Seeks and Destroy, and it's, you know, Mr. Me Seeks. And I just think it's so funny, uh, the, the Jerry storyline overall. And that arc throughout that, that he picks something pretty simple, take off two strokes from his, his golf game. And it's, it's just hilarious to me that it's so difficult to take off two strokes. And then, you know, Beth and Summer ask way more radical, complex things. If we're going to use this thing, which I'm not even sure we should, we need to keep it simple. I'm Mr. Meesey. I want to be popular at school. Ooh, okay. Summer, what did I just... Oh, I'm Mr. Meeseeks. Look at me. I, I, I want to be a more complete woman. Beth? Oh, yeah. Yes, ma'am. 
You guys are doing it wrong. He said simple. Hey there, I'm Mr. Meeseeks. <clears throat> Mr. Meeseeks, I would like to take two strokes off my golf game. Ooh, yeah, can do. Nailed it. They're able to, the Meeseeks are able to solve those immediately and they just lose their mind after. The first one, I believe, maybe it's like two days and he's just losing his mind by the time the, it ends. So I, I really love that episode. I think the last episode that I have um, is the total Rickall one. Um, oh, it's yeah. like in season two where like all these, uh, it's like the Mr. Poopy Butt whole <laughs> like main episode um, where they have like a, like an alien that's like multiplying everything in the house. Um, and then they like all are trying to guess like which one is the real version of each other and everything like that. And that one's just really funny just cause I feel like it was a super creative episode and it's just really well written and really funny. I think one of my favorite parts from the episode is eventually when Beth shoots uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole and, you know, Jerry's on the phone, he's calling 911 and he's like, we, we sh he shot a, uh, a longtime family friend. I need an ambulance. There's been a shooting. My wife shot. Uh, my my wife shot a longtime family friend. It's just really funny that that bait and switch at the end, because you're thinking that he's, you know, gonna not be real. It's gonna be a uh, one of those fake imagination people. But I I just thought that was I I agree. That's a really funny episode. And then some honorable mentions that I had, and then we can move on to some characters. But I really like the Vat of Acid episode. And then the uh, Rick Lantis mix-up. I enjoy both those a lot. The last one I think I really want to talk about is Anatomy Park. And I just think it's one of the... It's the top episode for me, for sure. Like, probably top three. And I just think there's so many moments, the uh, Rick being obsessed with the Pirates of the Pancreas. And then at the end, uh, the kind of like end credits scene about him them end up calling him and, you know, holding a meeting. I think there's a lot of plenty of gags throughout that phone call. And then saying that they're not going to do the Pirates of the Pancreas. And then he's like freaking out super bad. And he eventually says they're building a monument of compromise. And I just think that's a really funny line. And then there's uh, the bone train thing with uh, Dr. Xenon um, Bloom. And <laughs> they're, they're, they're about to die. And Xenon Blue's doing a bit where he's like, would you like to ride the bone train? And then he's like, Morty, <laughs> would you like to ride the bone train? And Morty's like, why are you doing this bit? We're, we're literally about to die in like a minute. And it's just, it's really funny to me. The body is decaying. The arterial transit system is useless. We can try the surface shuttle. It's connected to the skeletal system. That's why we call it the bone train. Would you like to ride the bone train, miss? If it'll get us out of here. How about you, Morty? Would you like to ride the bone train? Why are you doing this bit? We're gonna die. Let's go. Then later, Dr. Xenon Bloom, like, pauses for a moment. He's like, this doesn't have autopilot. He's like, who's going to stop? And he pauses. He's like, you're right. That was messed up for me to stop and pause. You guys go ride it. And I just think it's a, a very well-written episode and very funny at every turn. The Simple Rick's Way for Cookie Factory. I don't think I love that episode in general. But I just think that little gag about uh, the Rick's Wafers and then replaying a moment in time and, you know, using that 
uh, like juice from Rick's head in a way to basically, <laughs> you know, provide joy and satisfaction in a way for is is really hilarious overall. Sixty iterations off the central finite curve. There's a Rick that works more with wood than polarity plating. His name is Simple Rick, but he's no dummy. He realized long ago that the greatest thing he'd ever create was his daughter. I love Daddy! We captured that moment. We run it on a loop through Simple Rick's mind. And the chemical that makes his brain secrete goes into every Simple Rick's Simple Wafer's wafer cookie. Come home to the impossible flavor of your own completion. Come home to Simple Rick's. But if you had to, if you had to pick a favorite character, Christian... Who would that character be? Um, it's gonna sound super like just generic, but I feel like Rick is honestly my main character, uh, my favorite character. He's just super funny, like just like his whole attitude, like that he's just like doesn't care about anyone else is just extremely funny. Like the whole council of Ricks is like <laughs> really funny too, and just everything about I feel like Rick is pretty funny, especially because. Uh, he was inspired by like Emmett Brown from Back to the Future, and I love those movies as well. And I think it's just super funny with like just like a whole like mad scientist like being a grandpa and everything like that. It's just pretty funny. Yeah, I I think Rick is also my favorite character. He's he's someone at moments you like not sure you want to cheer for, but you end up doing because he's funny. He's somewhat charismatic. I mean, he's crazy for sure, and. Uh, He's in it for himself a lot of times, but then there's moments where he seems like he might be actually in it for other people. So it's like a back and forth relationship. But I, I really enjoy him overall. And I think he's he's an easy choice to be everyone's favorite character. I also really like Morty, but he, he's not up the, the level of Rick. But I, I do think if there wasn't Morty, Rick wouldn't be. As I think that duo is is extremely good. But if you had to pick one character, maybe not necessarily you would say you don't like but just a character that you you don't like want singular episodes focus on. I I think mine's just Beth. I don't really love her that much. I like Summer more. I like even Jerry more. I find Jerry very funny at times. But overall, Beth just doesn't doesn't do it for me. And if, if there's episodes to focus on her, I just I I don't really care for them. Maybe that'll change over time though. I feel like my least favorite character or someone that. You know, I don't really want a whole episode to be about would be Summer. I feel like she's just kind of like a, a little bit of a boring character. Um, I mean, she's, I think she has funny moments and things when she like freaks out when she's like on an adventure with Rick and Morty and things like that. But other than that, I feel like she doesn't bring that much to the story other than being like Morty's sister. <laughs> so that's kind of how I feel about her. I feel like Beth has better moments than Summer, honestly. All right. Well, we we can disagree on that one, but it's time. It's time for the new segment of two truths and a lie, and we're gonna do three rounds for this one. Some some episodes might have five, depending on the episode, but basically an explanation of this segment. It's kind of like a trivia section. I will be going and giving three statements. Basically, two of them will be true, one of them will be a lie, and they'll be focused around that specific movie series or TV series or anything else. But obviously, we're doing Rick and Morty today. But the first one up is episode titles. 
and we'll keep track every ep- every draft zone episode for season two of what contestant does best and is able to get a full sweep three for three, one for three, two for three, hopefully no zeros for threes. But how, how confident are you in this Christian? Pretty confident, but I'm not a hundred percent sure because uh, I don't pay that much attention to the title of the episode. So we'll see. All right. Well, I can remember like things that happened in the episode, but I don't remember like the title per se. Yeah. I, I think, uh, Rick and Morty might be a little bit of a harder one. There's there's certain shows out there that have titles of episodes that are easy to remember, like The Office. People remember Office episode names. It's like, oh, this is this is that episode and stuff like that. But this one, hopefully, maybe I'll be able to trick you, but I, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to trick you here. But here we go. Uh, option A is total recall. Option B is tickle my Rick. Option C is a rickle in time. And I can read them again if you want. So total rickle, uh, tickle my rick, and what was the last one? A rickle in time. Uh, a, so B, or C. Which one is the lie? Yes. It's hard between B and C. I know A is an episode because I literally already talked about it. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed. I was like, great. <laughs> I should have had more episodes up so I could do one you didn't name. But let's see. I'm going to have to go with B is the lie because that doesn't sound. <laughs> I mean, it does, but like I'm not 100% sure. So I'm just going to go with B. Is he correct? He is. He's, he's correct. So. Tickle My Rick is not a real episode. It's, 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 it's one I thought that was possible out there, that that could be a name for a Rick and Morty episode, but it's, it's not a real name, sadly. Maybe it will be in the future. Who knows? I feel like I almost guessed C, but like I can remember an episode with that title, but it almost got me. Man, that was, so, so you're one for one. You're, you're doing well. <laughs> now, quotes, I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult because the quotes – the, the one that's a lie is like a half truth, half lie. Like there's just a change in it. So quote section is going to be a very difficult section for every episode. So here we go though. All right. <clears throat> Option A. Listen, Morty, I hate to break it to you, but what people call love is just a chemical reaction that compels animals to breed. It hits hard, Morty. Then it slowly fades, leaving you stranded in a failing marriage. I did it. Your parents are going to do it. Break the cycle, Morty. Rise above. Focus on science. And then uh, option B, I'm a scientist because I invent, transform, create, and destroy for a living. When I don't like something about the world, I change it. And then option C, now if you'll excuse me, I've got a quick solo adventure to go on, and this one will not be directed by J.J. Abrams. Oh, man. I agree. This, This is a difficult section. I'm going to go with A. I'm going to go with A. Going to go with A. Is he correct? Well, you missed your first one. <laughs> it, was, it was C is not correct. Oh, so, wow. Now, it's, it was changed with the name. Basically, the, the quote I read is, now, if you'll excuse me, I've got a quick solo adventure to go on, and this one won't be directed by J.J. Abrams. The real name in there is Ron Howard, and it's a 
allusion to uh, Solo, the the Star Wars uh, Solo film. The oh Star man, it got me. So there, there we go. You're one for two now. Let's see if you can hit these random facts. <laughs> yeah, I've got to redeem myself. I know. I, I think I think a two for three is a good score overall. I mean, one for three won't be, but two for three, <laughs> I, I'll I would feel proud to be honest. So random facts. These are just facts about the show. Uh, behind the scenes facts could be on the screen facts. But option A is the pilot was written in just a few hours. Option B is Rick's signature burp is because Justin Rowland's father burps a lot. And then option C is Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad almost voiced Jerry Smith. Oh my gosh, bro. That one's crazy. Uh, I want that last one to be true because that would be so cool. I hope that's true. Because uh, I love Brian Cranston. Um, hmm. Those all sound really believable, honestly. <laughs> what was the first one again? I'll just read them all again. Option A was the pilot was written in just a few hours. Like, I feel like that sounds weird, but I feel like it's also true because, like, the show isn't that serious. So I feel like that one could be true, (laughs) but I don't know. Uh, Option B is Rick's signature burp is because Justin Rowland's father burps a lot. And then option C was the Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad, almost voiced Jerry Smith. Uh, Can I ask you a question? sure are you a fan of breaking bad like do you really like breaking bad or like is that just really random i do like breaking bad so like you've seen it and everything i've seen it uh i've seen better call saul i've seen el camino it's because i want to think that that last one is is a lie because i feel like a breaking bad fan like that's just somebody they would think of to put that there like i feel like it actually was supposed to be voiced by someone else but you just said brian cranston because he's a really good actor and he and you like those shows so i want to say that but also i feel like i could come up with a reason why (laughs) all of them are true and false but for this let's let's mark one off what's one that you you think let's let's get it down to two for you i'm gonna have to say a is true okay was I correct? A is true. Okay. So we've got B and C up. B's mm. the uh, the burps one and C's Brian Cranston. See, the B one is just so like, it's not really that specific. Like, it's just like, oh, like his family member burped and that's where they got the <laughs> Rick burp from. But like, also it's so like, just generic. I feel like it could be true. Oh, this one's tough. I'm going to go with, I'm going to have to go with C. I don't think that Brian Cranston would do Jerry's voice, but maybe I'm wrong. We'll have to see. Is he right? He's not right. Oh, my uh, gosh. You went one for three. <laughs> not, not, the, not the perfect score, but that's okay. Because the thing is, Rick's signature burp actually happened on accident where he uh, just rolling burped on accident during a – a uh, voice recording and he decided to keep it and uh keep it as a thing so but uh brian cranston i believe did audition to be jerry smith oh wow so so you learned some fun facts there 
pile is written in just a few hours. So I can't even I can't even imagine Brian Cranston voicing Jerry. Yeah, I think that would change Jerry a lot. <laughs> yeah, it would be wild. But you know, Christian, you know, you you it did all right. One for three. But the thing is, you'll be on future episodes. You'll be able to redeem yourself. And none of those were very easy. So I think you'll be able to redeem yourself next time. Maybe I'll throw you some easier easier pitches because some of those weren't weren't the easiest things in the world to do but no, i liked it i think that last one was especially tough and i i liked that though that was pretty funny all righty i was pretty creative well it's time for why we call this podcast the draft zone because we draft things and today we're drafting a rick and morty basketball team we're gonna go back and forth as always and Christian's going to go first, then I'll go. We'll keep on moving back and forth. And basically, we'll do five players and a coach. And the only rule about it is that you can't have the same people, which me and Christian talked beforehand. This is a weird one. You, can, you could take five Ricks because there's so many different Ricks out there with the alternate universes. And so technically, you can bend the rules a little bit here. But I, I'm excited for this one. I'm excited to see what you came up with. I hope you don't steal anyone that I chose because I, don't, I honestly don't have enough up to be able to dig really deep because I, I, think, my, <laughs> I think my options are, are pretty good. I was hoping you weren't thinking of them. But if our brains think a lot alike, I, I think I might be screwed. But for the number one overall draft choice in the Rick and Morty basketball draft, who do you want on your basketball team? I'm going to have to go with, I'm going to take Rick Sanchez as my head coach. I think Rick is an extremely smart person. He's a little arrogant, but I feel like that's a lot of people that are coaching in the NBA right now. Um, So he's pretty smart. I feel like he could get the job done. And, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, I feel like he could win us a couple games. I don't know. Basically, I just picked him because overall, Rick is pretty smart. And you definitely want somebody. Uh, a good amount of knowledge to, you know, be coaching your team. So that's my explanation for the head coach. I, I think that's a good choice for, for a head coach. But do, do you think there would be any issues about him, you know, yelling at players and being like, why did you make that dumb play? Because he's, I mean, he's a, he's a genius. Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, some things could go wrong, but I also couldn't think of anybody else that would be, you know, as smart as Rick to, uh, you know, lead us to victory. So. All right, well, Rick Sanchez is off the board, but there's plenty of Ricks out there. So but I'm going to go coach as well, since you went coach. I'm going to go President Morty. And <laughs> the reason why I think he's probably this, you know, you could also call him Evil Morty, according to the internet. Um, but he's, he's the smartest Morty out there. He's a genius Morty. He overthrows the Citadel. And I think he's going to be able to scheme up plays. He's going to be a smart situational coach and be able to, you know, motivate his team. I mean, he, he won an election where, you know, in a world where Ricks are seen as, as way greater than any Morty out there. And the fact that he found a way to, you know, get Ricks and Mortys to buy into one unison thing, even though it turned out to be evil. I mean, I think that's, that's pretty genius. I mean, maybe fans of this basketball league won't like President Morty as a coach overall because he's, you know, the villain of the league. But I think he's going to be a great coach. And then 
I mean, I, I love his, his ending, his ending quote, I believe to his episode in the Citadel is, uh, this seems like a good time for a drink and a cold calculated speech with sinister overtones, a speech about politics, about order, brotherhood, power, but speeches are for campaigning. Now it's time for action. This seems like a good time for a drink and a cold, calculated speech with sinister overtones. A speech about politics, about order, brotherhood, power. But speeches are for campaigning. Now is the time for action. And I know he wouldn't use that quote to rile up his team, but I know he's got quotes in there to rile up his team. So that's what I'm going with. All we, right. We can move to those players. Who, who's going to be your first player off the board, Christian? I'm going to have to go with – it was a tie for my first pick that wasn't the coach between Jerry and just the president um, in general, like the president in the actual show. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go with Jerry Smith. He's not the smartest uh, – he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. But, uh, you know, I feel like he could get the job done when it comes down to it. Um, the only thing I would be worried about is his relationship with the coach, because, you know, if you've seen the show, you know, that Rick and Jerry don't get along extremely well. Um, cause it's like his father-in-law and that already causes some, uh, you know, rifts between them, especially when, you know, Rick is, you know, not exactly being the best type of person to Jerry. But I think that Jerry, uh, could be somewhat athletic. Uh, you know, he could go up there and get it sometimes. I don't know. We might, I don't know what position he would play, maybe shooting guard, something like that. Uh, but, yeah, I'd have to take Jerry for my first pick. All right. Well, well, Jerry's off the board. And I think, you know, I think he, he could be a team player. And I think, you know, Rick Sanchez, as the coach, is, is going to find a position. If there's anyone going to find a useful thing out of Jerry, I think he's going to find it in Jerry and be able to motivate him. But my first player off the board, I also find it, found it difficult but I think the way he talked about the Pickle Rick episode, Christian, I'm going to have to take Pickle Rick early on, <laughs> earlier than I expected. But I think you were going to – I felt like you might try to snag him just because you, you really love the episode. I know he's small, but I think that lines up to be a great point guard. He's going to be able to distribute the ball very well. I mean, he's a genius. I mean, he's able to use his surroundings in the episode amazingly as a pickle. And I think even though he's a pickle, I believe he could build some type of machinery where he's regular size. And I mean, he takes down literal human beings as a pickle size during that thing. And he uses, you know, everything to his advantage. He was able to sort of take down Jaguar. And that's, that's why I'm going pickle Rick. All right. For my second pick, I'm going to have to go with, uh, I'm going to have to go with a unity from uh i don't know what planet she's from but it's the character i talked about before where she can control other people's minds and things like that i feel like that would be a super good talent to have on the team i mean mm -hmm. you basically control the whole team with one person um make them do basically whatever you want to do so i feel like she would be a super good uh a super good character to have on your team uh, you know, control the whole team and you don't have anybody flying off the seam or anything and not playing well because uh, she can just control them and make them play well. So that's going to be my second pick. Wow, that, that definitely 
gives you quite the advantage with unity being able to, you know, be one mind in a way. And I, that episode is, is very interesting for me. And I just, I think unity scares me now thinking about that being on your team, but it is what it is. I'm going to have to, I want to, I'm going to go Mr. Meeseeks for my next, for my next player, because even though he might not be a leader, but he's able to do what he's told to do. He's, I think I'm going to put him at the shooting guard position mainly because he's, he likes serving a singular purpose. I think if he's told to shoot and score and be basically a three and D player, he's going to be great. And I think it's just that episode I, I love so much overall. And I think Mr. Meeseeks is, is going to be able to cause chaos because, well, I'll just read a quote from him and just kind of describes the Mr. Meeseeks kind of scenario about their thought process and stuff. And this is, he was, he was talking to Jerry during this time. We Meeseeks are not born into this world fumbling for meaning, Jerry. We are created to serve a singular purpose for which we will go to any lengths to fulfill. Existence is pain to a Meeseeks, Jerry. We will do anything to alleviate the pain. Me seeks are not born into this world, fumbling for meaning, Jerry. We are created to serve a singular purpose for which we will go to any lengths to fulfill. Existence is pain to a me seeks, Jerry, and we will do anything to alleviate that pain. And I just think. You know, he's, he's going to do anything to win. If you tell him they got to win, then Mr. Meeseeks is going to do anything to win. So I think he's going to be able to shoot really well and play defense really well. That's why I'm going Mr. Meeseeks for my second player position. For my third position, um, I'm going to have to go with reverse giraffe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with reverse giraffe because uh, I feel like this character could play center pretty well. They're tall. Um, that's something you want in the center and, and uh, not the brightest character, but uh, neither is Jerry and I picked them too. I think my team might have a couple misfits on there, but you know, you never know exactly what could happen with these guys. Um, but yeah, mainly because they're tall, we need a big man that can go up there and get it. Uh, so that's my third pick. I like it. I also think the, uh, the reverse draft gag, is is a very funny gag overall and just a, a funny moment and it's going to be an interesting center to go up against but since you went center i'll find my center of choice and his name is armothy the huge arm that was attached to morty in one of the episodes and he's strong athletic and he, he literally takes out anyone to fulfill his purpose but if we're able to keep Armothy on Morty. I think he's, he's going to be an insane blocker and be able to, to hold down the paint super well. And then also just a great dunker. And I, I think he's going to be, he's going to be great at the center position. He's going to be hard to deal with overall. So I think that's why Armothy is going to be an amazing center and someone that's formidable that I think can, you know, stand a chance against reverse draft. Reverse draft. <laughs> All right, my uh, fourth pick is going to have to be Mr. Poopy Butthole. Uh, I'm going to have to take Mr. Poopy Butthole just because I don't even necessarily have a reason for that. Like, I have no justification uh, for picking him other than I feel like he's just 
an extremely funny character. He's also a really longtime friend of the family. Um, and I feel like him and Rick have an okay relationship. I feel like he's, he's a short guy, but, you know, so is Muggsy Bogues. Okay. <laughs> short, just because you're short in the league doesn't mean you can't get anything done. So, uh, so maybe the, the point guard of your team, because, you know, Rick, seems, Rick in the episode seems to trust him. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to go. I'm going basically with Mr. Poopy Butthole because uh, they have, you know, a really good bond together, and I feel like that'd be, you know, something good to have on a team. I, I agree. But I think one thing looking back at your team that, that I failed to mention earlier is, is unity. And Rick Sanchez are, you know, a little bit in love. Do you, do you see any issues there going on? <laughs> uh, no, nah, we like to keep it all professional on this side of the ball, so... They can, they can save that stuff for after the game. All right. Well, we'll see if they keep it all professional. But my, my <laughs> next pick, I've got, I've, got a, I've got three players left on my draft board that I'm pretty confident in. And looking at my team with Pickle Rick as my point guard, Mr. Meeseek's a great shooting guard, and Armathy as my center, I think, you know, we're looking good at offense overall. Um, a little weak on defense because I'm not sure how Mr. Meeseeks will do. I think his main purpose is going to be shooting. Armathy's going to hold down the paint. But kind of like a, a person to bring the team together, a chemistry guy for the team that holds them together, that's a strong defense player, is willing to go out there, dive for a ball, get a little in those dirty scenarios, is, is, is caught Morty. And I think he's going to be great on defense. He's going to be a tough player. He's going to be a role player. I mean, he's, he's different than a lot of Mortys out there. And I, I just love his persona. And he, he doesn't take crap for anyone. So I think he's going to be great on defense. He's going to hustle for loose balls. And he might not be the biggest offensive threat. But I think, you know, with the offense I've got out there right now, I think we might play a little bit more of a defensive game. So that's why I'm going Cop Morty. But you've got your final pickup, Christian. And it's Ooh. you've got to round out this team here to you know get some get you know who's that who's that final person that you really think is going to tie this team and uh, bring them to a championship. Uh, I'm stuck between two people. Um, I'm gonna have to go with. Um, I'm trying to think of your squad and who you got. Let's see. I'm gonna have to go with with Beth, just the normal Beth. Because I feel like someone like her, she's so generic, you never really know what you're going to get from her. Uh, you know, she's not a breakout star player. She's not a LeBron or a Steph. She's more of like that sixth man type of person. Um, but you never know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, she's like an Andre Iguodala, uh, six straight finals, but nobody really ever talks about him. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with her for my last pick. All right. Well, your team ended up rounding out with Jerry Smith. Unity, Reverse Giraffe, Mr. Poopy Butthole, and <laughs> Beth Smith. I, I've never – so I'm writing these down. I don't think I've ever written down something like Poopy Butthole in my life. It's weird to say, dude. <laughs> like, every yeah, time it, I say it, 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 feels, it feels weird to say. Uh, and it's weird that I'm 21 and writing this down. I'm not, like, in middle school. So. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm, like, two years old when, I, <laughs> when I'm talking about Rick and Morty. But – my team, before I complete it, is Pickle Rick, Mr. Meeseeks, 
Armathy and Cop Morty. And I've got two players I'm kind of looking at right now. And I guess, I guess I can give them away since you don't have a pick left. I've got Jaguar. They okay. Got that fights Pickle Rick. So I think someone that's able to contest with Rick in any moment is, is you know, formidable. And then I've also got Toxic Rick, which kind of kind of scares me but i just i think he might be a bad teammate and possibly wouldn't like to pass a lot but i think he could take over games and key moments because he's got all that like there's no good in toxic rick basically yeah. it's only the bad aspects of rick <laughs> so if you can use that to your advantage great but he's a risky high upside but also there's some really bad downside to him so I think Jaguar might be safer, but I'm not here for the safe pick. So I'm going to go Toxic Rick. And I was, I was going to go for Toxic Rick or Toxic Morty. That was one of my picks. But I was like, there's literally not a good quality in either of them. It's literally the worst qualities out of their whole persona. So I was like, eh, nah. Well, I, I pulled the trigger on it. So even though you didn't, I found a way to convince myself over Jaguar, which I think would have been a great power forward. But Toxic Rick, I think, is going to be able to take over games. He might be a little bit Russell Westbrook. He could, you know, he might have to run a James Harden style offense because he doesn't want to pass the ball very often. But he's, I think he's going to get the job done overall. And I, I just, I just, I just love it. But our teams are yours is Jerry Smith, Unity, Reverse Giraffe, Mr. Poo Poo Butthole, Best Smith, Red, led by your coach, Rick Sanchez. In an 82 game, Say they play in the NBA. How many games are they winning? I'm going to have to uh, – hmm. I don't know. That, that question just sprung on me all of a sudden. Let's see. I'm going to have to go with 35 wins. <laughs> <laughs> Second to last in, in their conference, whatever that one would be. They're, they're tanking for, for a player, but – yeah, they're tanking for uh, they're tanking for toxic Morty. <laughs> My team is ended up being Pickle Rick, Mister Meeseeks, Armathy, Cop Morty, Toxic Rick, and they're led by Coach President Morty. And I just think President Morty is going to be able to do this team really well. And I think a surprise, really good player on the team is going to be Mister Meeseeks. I think he's going to be underlooked by a lot of other teams. He's going to he's going to stand out in this league. But who's, a, I guess, a surprise player that you think people might overlook on your team, Christian? Um, I'm going to have to say Beth Smith uh, because she's kind of a boring character in the show, but I feel like on a basketball team, you never know what could happen. Uh, sometimes, you know, those six, seven people get in there and make a couple plays. So I feel like that's definitely going to be something that she could do. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I, I agree that you know, Beth has a, has a good shot to be able to make plays that people aren't expecting. But I guess a person people could look over, you know, besides Mr. Meeseeks is uh, a cop Morty because I don't think he's going to show up in the, the box score very often, but he's going to get it done <laughs> on defense. His plus minus is going to be great, even though that's not the, my favorite stat out there, stat out there. But I think he's, he's, he's going to do well overall. And those are our teams. And I, I found this episode very fun. And after the long break, we're back for season two of the Draft Zone and kicked it off with a Rick and Morty 
basketball draft. It was fun, Christian. You have to set yourself up for a little bit of redemption and two truths <laughs> and a lie later in the season. But I, I believe in you. Please, I'd, I'd like that redemption shot. And thanks for having me on today and everything. I feel like this quality is about to be top tier, as you've been talking about. I'm excited to see the new quality. <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully we don't let anyone down. But Maybe Vox will pick us up. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? It's, it's going to be making – I mean, it, we're going to get pieces written about this podcast everywhere. Let's going to do it for episode one of season two of the Draft Zone. Thank you, Christian, for joining. It was fun, as always, and stay tuned for more episodes this season.